My name is Victoria Chanel, and I'm here to inspire you to go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profits. Welcome to the Go Big to Give Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host Steve Arneson and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. Welcome back to the Go Big to Get Big podcast. And today we have the incredible Victoria Chanel coming on the show. She is such an inspiration when it comes to how much work she does for nonprofits and her natural intuition to give. She is the true definition of an entrepreneur using her gifts to help serve the world. Victoria is the founder of Band of Hope, a jewelry company that creates pieces to inspire you to believe in yourself and wear them with pride knowing you are making an impact in this world. In today's episode, we go deep into why businesses should have giving components to them, the impact of going out and actually being boots on the ground serving people, and she sums up her interview by sharing an incredible story of paying a uh, by paying rent for a stranger out on the street. I cannot wait for you all to listen to this incredible episode with the lovely Victoria Chanel. All right. I am fired up for today's episode and excited to bring in our guest today, Victoria Chanel. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation. We have a lot of similarities. You and I got connected and then found out we have like three dozen friends that all are really close to both of us, but we've never been connected. We both support the same charities. We both run four purpose businesses. We go to the same conferences. And uh, we've never actually got to spend uh, a ton of time sitting down, hearing each other's stories and getting connected. We talk a lot about the impact we're making, but I'm excited today to dive a little bit into what got you excited about for-purpose businesses, why you're so philanthropic, why you believe in helping so many people and doing so much work for nonprofits. Uh, It's pretty inspirational what you've been able to do. So I'd love for you to just open up a little bit. And tell us your story, uh, maybe, you know, like the first business that you got into and then how you got into the for-purpose model or why you wanted to start giving back from there. Okay. Yeah. Well, the very first for-purpose, I would say, not business, but give back initiative that I started was called Hope and Hygiene. And it was when we were delivering food kits to Skid Row. And I realized that what they wanted was hygiene items, not more food. And so I was like, okay, well, what if we go and we put together these hygiene kits and we can go and give those out instead? And so that's really where it started. And then even prior to that, when Tom's Shoes came out, I was like, this is amazing. Why don't all businesses do this? What if we could have a website where we could go and buy from businesses that do this model? And then I researched and there was like, None. There was Tom's and Tom's at the time. <laughs> and so I, and then from there, it really inspired me to try to find ways that give back could easily be built into businesses. And so then that's what led me to create 
my now company, Band of Hope, which is a jewelry company that employs survivors of human trafficking through bracelets, and then we donate 10% back. Have you always been like uh, philanthropic by nature? Like growing up, was that something your parents taught you? Was that something that you just were instilled with? Is it something that just came to you when you heard somebody talk? Like, how did you come upon uh, wanting to be a philanthropist in your in your business life? Yeah, I was always someone who loved to give back in the sense that my grandma and grandpa would go and buy me a gift and they said, don't give this one away. If we buy this for you, you can't give it away. <laughs> because I would, I from a young age, I personally felt more fulfilled giving than receiving. Yes, it's so exciting to get the thing, but it was just as fulfilling, if not more, to give it away. And so that was, yeah, since I was little. That's so cool. I absolutely love that about you. And uh, I've seen that from you from the first time we've met of just how giving you are by nature and, and how much you want to help and support. And walk us through uh, the building of Band of Hope then. So that's a, a fun little project that you've uh, created and that are now relaunching and bringing back. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you start it? What was the purpose behind it? You know, what, what did it end up being and what is it going to become now? Well, it originally started with the idea that it would be a bracelet with numbers on it that would show how many kids had been rescued. And that number would update every time more kids had been rescued. But that was a little more complex than I was ready to jump into. And then I thought, what if we do a bracelet that can employ survivors so that way it can help empower them to have a job that they can do anywhere? But then also people can wear it as a reminder of what they're supporting. And so that's how I got into the idea and moved forward with that business. Sorry, guys, I'm losing my words here. Um, and then from there, it led to being like, okay, well, what do I really want to do? I want to help support the orphanage. And so how can we do that? Well, if we can make this successful, we can help support the monthly costs and living expenses of the orphanage. So that was the journey. And then I, like a lot of us do, we get distracted and life happens. And so it kind of went on the back burner. And now we're revamping it and coming back strong. That's so cool. Um, what's What's been uh, on your mind lately for Go Big? Let's just stick to Go Big for a few minutes here. You know, yeah. when we start talking about going bigger with businesses, we're talking about scaling them up and with purpose and with meaning and things like that. What's what's your go big story? What are you trying to achieve right now? What are you trying to make bigger in your life? What's exciting you? I mean, honestly, for me at this very moment, it goes back to the orphanage. I know that if I go big and we build up the subscription part of this business, that we will be able to make enough money to keep 16 children plus like supported. And without that, they are actually not going to um, be able to keep that orphanage up and running. And so that is actually why I am more inspired and pushed than ever to go as big as I can. Because it's like, I don't only have my own family depending on me right now. I just had a talk with Alma the other day and she said, you know, we lost some of our big supporters and you are literally our last hope right now, Victoria. And that was like, oh, you know, that was heavy. So that is heavy. Yeah. How, how do you see like a resurgence taking place? Like, is it, are you going to be adding in new elements like the subscription piece, which you, which you mentioned, or like, yeah. how, how do you see it changing from, how do you like, 
the growth of it. No different than us as individuals. We yes. go through our own types of growth and our own types of seasons. Businesses do the same thing. And sometimes they take, you know, a, a little pro bono, not pro bono, what's the word I'm looking for, like hiatus um, and, and, and come back, you know, with a vengeance. Yeah. Well, there's two ways. So I'm bringing in partners to the nonprofit side. But then also, if you know who Operation Underground Railroad is, we are actually doing a custom piece for them that they will be selling on their website, which will be great for our branding. And we're building in, we have other collaborations that I can't share yet, coming up with other companies who will be promoting it as well. So that's really through our collaborations and um, affiliate advocates, which will be influencers. You know, that's how we're, we plan on coming back with a vengeance. Um, the, the relationship side of that thing, I think that's brilliant for one, like going through, um, like more of like a B2B channel, obviously from an exposure perspective, it, it brings out more awareness, um, you know, from a, from a business growth or product growth perspective, there's, there's tons of scalability that comes along with it. Um, you know, how are you going about finding, you know, those collaborators, you know, it's kind of. Uh, a sensitive topic in, you know, it's not something that you would take would bring up at like Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so like, how are you broaching those conversations and, and finding the right people that wants to align you uh, with you that way? When it comes to band of hope and the bracelets, is that specifically what you're talking to? So I think that that is the beauty of this product. It's not dark, right? This is something that's light. This is something that's empowering, employing and, you know, helping these children live a restored life. And so that's what's cool. It's like, oh, what's that piece? And then we're going to have with those new collaboration pieces. I mean, it does, the piece could mean, you know, it could be for autism awareness. It could be for all these different things, but still in the end, employing and empowering survivors. And through the relationships that I've built over years and years, I mean, that's how I'm approaching people too. It's like, hey, you have a big event coming up. How many members? You have 2,000 people coming. Let's do a custom bracelet for your event. And so, so I heard something one time and it was like, go, people can do the same thing, but go about it in a new way. And that's really what I'm doing with this, taking jewelry and not just going B to C, like, let's, let's do it in a new way where we can get 2000 orders at once for a big convention or event. I didn't put those two things together. I think that's freaking brilliant. Having the ability to customize the purpose or collaborator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's, and that, that makes us more scalable. That's so cool. And one of the things uh, I know about you is you are so well connected and you just are in so many different circles and you know so many people. How did you get so connected? You know, a lot of people want to want to be in the rooms with these kinds of people and be able to collaborate with people that I know you're going to be collaborating with. How, how did you get into those rooms and how did you start building those relationships? Well... I always show up to every event that I, that is, you know, like I'm at every event and I take the time. And I think a lot of people go through life and say, Oh, I don't have time to do that. Personal development. That's like, that's my me time, right? A conference for me is like a concert. And so this is where I go and I fill my cup. But then you also, what do they say? You know, proximity is power. And I know that there's proximity there. And a lot of times what's funny is you don't actually realize the rooms or the people that are in the rooms if you aren't well-educated in that specific space. So I've ended up in a lot of rooms where I've had no idea like how cool the people were. And I'm just like, 
chatting with. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's exchange numbers, right? But maybe they're like, wow, she's bold. But I'm just like, oh, I thought we got along well. But <laughs> 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 I wanted to grow up coffee. Um, so yeah. So I think going to all of those events and I mean, really playing full out when you're there and then being there to not say, what can I get from this person? But how can I serve this person? Mm, I love that because so many people um, find that challenging to to A, have the ask, but then also trying to, they get that relationship and then they just start peppering them with, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? Instead of saying, hey, how can I help you? And that's something that Steve has uh, done so well at is cultivating relationships and making them um, always 5149 and, and something he's been so fascinated at. And one of the things you've used for those collaborations is to do some pretty cool events. Uh, I know you love going to events, but you also love hosting them. I know you held uh, a really big gala for the International Network of Hearts, which we're going to talk about here shortly. Um, and then you just did a really cool mastermind event where you just took a bunch of people down to uh, Mexico, to International Network of Hearts and did some fun stuff. So walk us through uh, just why you love planning events, what gets you so excited about them, and uh, some of the favorite ones that you've hosted so far. Okay. Do you want to hear the origin story of the events? Sure. That'd be uh, amazing. <laughs> when I was 20, I went to Paul Mitchell. And I, if you are familiar with hair school, you have to fill your boxes. You curled the hair, you washed the hair. Well, they had their annual Paul Mitchell fashion show. And I was like, I want to plan this. I want it to be at the best hotel with the best stage. And so instead of filling my boxes, I got out of doing all of the actual work that you're supposed to do in hair school and planned their event. And then I dropped out of hair school because I realized I love planning events and that side of things and not so much doing hair. So then that led me to the next event, which was a female fight night. And we had, it was a sanctioned fight. It had like pillow fighting, jello fighting, and then <laughs> a fight. I was 20. <laughs> and me and this girl had a, like a tiff. And I was like, I know you're a fighter, not a talker. Let's charge all of our friends to come to this event at the Knitting Factory and we'll just squash it there and then we're done with it and we'll just take it out of the cage. And so we did. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So the the events have definitely been versed from galas to, you know, fights. Fight nights. Um, <laughs> yes. And so moving forward, now the events that I focus on obviously are showing people, you know, how to add that purpose aspect into their life and business. And so really facilitating the types of environment and opportunities to let people deep dive into that and see things firsthand that you might not connect with were you not there in person. Walk us through what one of those events would look like. I know it was so powerful. Like you guys were down there buying uh, groceries for for the kids and stuff like that. And um, just walk us through the actual impact because a lot of people listening may have never been on, I don't want to call them missionary trips, but we'll call them like exposure trips. And Steve and I have both spent time down at International Local Hearts, which is uh, what you're talking about. But when you're actually there, it is life-changing. Like there is nothing else in the world that exposes you to something like that, where you're like, wow, reality check, like my life's not too bad. So walk us through a little bit about the uh, the experience that you took some people through down there, just so that the listeners can kind of comprehend what it actually entails. Yeah. So the day that our give back day, we drove into Mexico and 
first we had the opportunity to go spend time with the kids, see the operations, see what they were learning in school, have them each tell us their dreams, what they want to do when they get older. And the part that um, really pulls at your heartstrings is when you look at this room of children, you know, every single one of them has gone through severe sexual abuse and they're just like babies. You're like, these are like my kids. So that's something that uh, kind of makes you really appreciate your life and makes you want to make their life better and gives you perspective. And then from there, we went and had lunch with them at this delicious taco stand and then went to Costco and said, what do you need for the home? And she's like, what do you mean? And we said, we have this much time, grab as much as we can, get the get the carts and put whatever you want on them. So we went and we filled up six flatbeds from Costco of everything the orphanage needed. And that was such a cool experience running around, buying all of the things and then getting to go and deliver it. And we are actually going to be doing that again here on April 1st. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. That's, uh, Steve, I'll let you go. Do you think, so uh, I was having a, a bit of a debate with my brother the other day and him and I come uh, from, from kind of cut from different cloths. I, I've been able to travel quite a bit around the world and he literally just went on his first solo trip for a few days down to the, to the Dominican. And with that exposure to culture, it changes you, I believe. And so the question I want to ask is like going down to visit these children, you know, specifically 9H, but not just to them, but like that type of impactful retreat um, or experience. Do you think everybody is cut out for that? I don't think it maybe necessarily needs to be with children who are survivors. But I think that going to a different country should almost be mandatory when we hit adulthood because it mm -hmm. gives you such great perspective. My first trip was to Haiti, and that was my very first mission trip, and that changed my life. And it was a very different thing, right? You're holding lack of food. I mean, extreme poverty in ways that I had never experienced or realized. was like I felt guilty eating a cliff bar. And I was trying to hide it because I was like, what right do I have to say I'm hungry right now? They haven't ate for days, right? And I'm just there, you know, typical American, like got my bag of snacks and oh, gotta get my blood sugar. And so it, it it's very eye-opening. And when I got back to the States, I remember thinking to myself, I can do anything. Like, mm. even if I fail, we have more resources here than anywhere in the world. I'll just start again. It was the mo it was a weird type of empowering feeling knowing that I could go and do anything and that because I had so much opportunity, I was almost like disrespecting those little kids and people in Haiti by not taking full advantage of it. There's almost like a sense of responsibility that comes with the privilege, right? A hundred percent. What's what's the what's the classic saying from Spider-Man? Um Great power comes great responsibility. Yes, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might be a big Spider-Man fan. All Hell the yeah. heroes. <laughs> um, I think I think with that, like people have to be sometimes not always, but people have to be almost ready for it. Like it has to be the right time in their life for like you know different messages for different people to the right times, right? You know, through that work that you've done in your own you know personal growth. 
um, you, you kind of referenced earlier, like what has been some of those those bigger takeaways or that deeper work maybe that you've done that has allowed you to kind of take on that responsibility or, you know, either take on that responsibility or let go of some of that fear? Yeah, well, when it comes to the work I'm doing now, I was uh, about to be done. Well, honesty, it was heavy and it's a lot of work. And I went on a retreat in Peru in November of 21. And I went in with the intention of being like, is this the work I want to be fully committed and devoted to? Maybe I want to go save some animals, you know, at the, or maybe I want to save the bees or the ocean, right? Maybe I need to go in a different give back direction. And I heard this voice and call it universe, God, whatever it is you believe in. And it was like, if you will not continue to be the light in the dark for these children, where is that light going to come from? And I was like, all right, there's my answer. I am all in. And that was that. And so that is what has, that is why we're sitting here right now and having this conversation. That is so powerful. And uh, I know it comes with uh, a lot of responsibility and we had Larry uh, on our podcast earlier and he was talking about how when he was growing up with Alma and and he said how challenging it was every day hearing about these stories and and how mentally challenging it can actually be being involved and being a part of it and so I just wanted to appreciate uh, the space that you hold for everybody when you go down there and helping them out and um, just making sure that that work that you've done allows you to be there to support others because sometimes it is very traumatic when you're down there and you come back you actually need somebody who's been there before that's understood it that can kind of put their arm around you and be like hey it's going to be okay but now we have a bigger purpose and i think that's what so many people need to hear leaving those um meetings or leaving these conferences down there is actually being like wow now there's a bigger purpose you guys have seen some poverty now you've seen some some bad stuff. Now it's our duty and responsibility as entrepreneurs to go out there and help solve these problems. And that's where I kind of wanted to take this a little bit was just asking you about that of like, what, what are your thoughts on uh, for purpose businesses and why we as entrepreneurs need to hold that responsibility to go support organizations like this? Now that you've explained how you went and saw it and came back and said, wow, I need to take full advantage of this life that I have. I think entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, I've, I like the way you guys say it, um, are the people who will change the world. And because we are willing to go out and do the things that most people won't, if we find a purpose that pulls at our heartstrings, finding a way to build that in, into your you know, for-profit business, it's almost a responsibility. Because who's, I mean, there's just so much power in what we can do, right? Like for you, what what are you connecting? You connected the doors when you guys were selling to what, what was it? What was it that you were giving back to? We do $10 per door per month. And then we donate it back to Kidsport Victoria. But Kidsport Victoria has just been an organization that we've supported the entire time through our real estate investing career because personal to Steve and I. Exactly, exactly. So that's it. What people, people find that one organization that's personal to them that maybe at some point they went to the Boys and Girls Club and that was like where they got dropped off after school, something that they connect to. And I think when people are like, I don't want to give back, it's because they haven't found something 
or realize that it can connect to them in a personal experience for them, right? Not everyone's going to necessarily connect with, you know, helping survivors that might, but they, they really might connect with abused animals who have been rescued. So find that and bring that into your business because then you fully believe in it. And when you believe in it, you, you'll want your business to be as successful and you'll feel pride every month when you get back to that mission. Victoria, do you ever feel overwhelmed? Yeah, every day. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like that, that's almost like, it's almost just a given bone in our body almost of like other overwhelmed in terms of business growth slash, you know, too many opportunities slash purpose as well. Mm-hmm. How, how do you particularly manage it? I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. I'd love to sit here and be like, oh, you guys, I have it all figured out. Let me just give you the framework and blow your listeners away. But I am definitely a work in progress when it comes to figuring that out. I have really learned that you have to focus on one thing, whether that be your give back or your business, right? I got a little overwhelmed in doing too many things. And yes, they all connect. But now I'm, I'm going all in on one, right? I'm going all in on Band of Hope and just Band of Hope. And then I'm going all in on this one charity, you know, not a ton of charities. And so for me, it's having that focus and just deciding that is no is more powerful than yes. And if you really want to make an impact, it's better to say no to everything else except what really matters to you. Um, Marie Forleo, are you familiar with her? She has a wonderful quote that's... um, You'll always find time for what's important when you realize what's not. Amen. Right. Yeah. Um, the last question I want to ask on the overwhelm side of things. Thank you for just being open about it. I think that's uh, that shows the confidence in your own skin from the personal work that you've done um, and that self awareness aspect on things. But when it comes to overwhelm, I, I did too. And uh, like, I love this conversation. It's a little free flowing. Uh, yeah. Or kind of a normal template, but. Um, I think it's important because I think that, you know, for me personally, I feel overwhelmed in the sense of like, where do I put my time into what purpose? Similarly to like your discovery, like, is it like saving dogs in Thailand or is it like helping create, um, like new energy stuff in the ocean so that we can get off of, you know, uh, fossil fuels? Is it, you know, uh, human trafficking or sports and, you know, so many different options, right? There's overwhelm there. There's overwhelm in business. That can be hard sometimes. Um, there's overwhelm in personal life. Um, but the thing that I've personally found, especially recently, is when you have the purpose so close to you, and if you engage on it in such a, uh, like a, a daily or weekly basis, like a frequent basis, I'm wondering if you kind of have the same experience as I do, where the overwhelm, or sorry, the the purpose is actually the medicine to the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think when I have the wins, like mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you relate, but when I have a win for the purpose piece, and there's been a ton of overwhelm, but then something comes through. And then you're like, this is why I did it. 
this is why I've been fighting. This is why I've been trying to build this partnership. And it like, you're like, this is, and it's just, for example, we, we had a partnership come in to help the orphanage Mm -hmm. and that was like, yeah. And congratulations. Thank you. And for the next few months, right. To continue and hopefully months and months after that. But I've been working on that partnership for a year. And so you're like, when something comes through and then you hear on the other side of like, you're our last hope, you're like, and when she, I had that phone call with Alma, I was like, this is why I kept showing up to everything for a year to try to build this partnership because we just kept 16 kids from ending up on the street. And that is my purpose. So it, I, uh, to your point, yes, it does help alleviate that overwhelm. Wow. That is uh, so special. I know you've worked so hard to get some of those partnerships together. So congratulations on on landing that. I got uh, one more quick question here, and then uh, we'll probably jump into some of our rapid fire rounds. Um, but so many people, like Steve mentioned, and like you've shared, is that there's so much overwhelm in this world. Of, I don't know what charity to support. So somebody listening to this right now, that's sitting there going, that's me. I'm somebody that that I see Randy and Steve sporting kids sport. And I see Victoria sporting International Network of Hearts. And I see my other friend, you know, helping elephants and things like that. And I'm like, which one's for me? How would you recommend someone go about that and finding which charity is for them? If you can't ignore it. If you're looking at it and you just can't ignore it and it keeps popping up in your mind or it keeps pulling at your heart, there's probably a reason. There's a reason that it's doing it. There's something that's in you that is drawn to that. And there's a calling on your life probably for something that you can do to help with that. So, so look for that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, uh, somebody mentioned to me the other day, it's like, what makes you so sick that when somebody mentions it, you can't even stand for the thought of it. That's one avenue to look for, which is sex trafficking for us, where when we think about it, it just makes us sick to our stomachs and it's so hard to talk about. And then the other side was find something that makes you so happy and joyful like playing with kids or playing with animals or whatever it is in a positive light. And that's another avenue to go down and look. Um, so that's why I wanted to ask you that question because it's just been a conversation I've had so much lately. I love that. Yeah, that's a great answer. I like those two you just shared. One of the things too I've certainly recognized in my life is uh, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, um, w- will place the same message in front of you multiple times. And for me, it's like on that third time that I see the message, I know it's for me. Like I got to listen now. First one, I'm like, okay, maybe it's there. Second time, I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting serious. Like maybe I should look into it even further or like, hmm, it's on my awareness level. And that third time, it's happened to me at least half a dozen times in the last couple of years, where as soon as I commit to it on that third time, man, doors open and um, like it just feels absolutely right. So uh, for all those listening, if there's a message that you're hearing on the third time, <laughs> double down. Um, I but I want to ask, I want to ask you a question around uh, one of your own favorite moments of giving. Is there one that stands out um, over your entire life that uh, you can share a story about that doesn't have to be like the biggest check or anything along those lines, but the most meaningful moment of giving for you? It was when I saw this 
dad with his like four little kids and his wife on the corner selling roses. They weren't like begging for money. They were just selling roses because he was waiting for his work new permit to come in for him to be able to continue working. He'd already been working. And so they had an apartment, but there had been a delay. And so he wasn't able to for like these this two week period, which meant they couldn't pay their rent. So they weren't asking. And so I felt really called to help them. And I didn't know at what level I was like, I'll go buy some roses. And then when we got up to them, I don't know if you've ever looked at people in the eyes and just been like, this is a good person. And I looked at my sister and I was like, we have to pay their rent. (laughs) And so I was like, I'll go get something. And he just thought that I was giving him like, a, I think like a hundred dollars or something. And I was like, no, open it. And he's like, gosh, oh my gosh. Like, and the excitement. And then he went and grabbed the big bucket of flowers. And was like, here you go. And I was like, no, no, you can still tell him. It was so cute. And so he tried, tried to give me all of the flowers and, he looked at his little boy and he said, he's going to pray for you. And his little two-year-old boy put his hands together and closed his eyes and prayed for me right then and there on the spot. And I was just like, this was such a beautiful moment. And I don't want to say it had to do with the financial amount. It was just, I could have, it could have been $20, but it was the moment in and of itself when you know that you're supposed to do that for that person and you listen to it and you do it and everything that follows. So I would say that was my moment most recently. Oh, you're such a special human, Victoria. You have some sort of uh, purpose on this earth and it is definitely helping people. And that is a prime example of it, of how many people would have just walked by or, or bought a few, but you actually stayed and talked and found out and then just feel so called to help so many people. I absolutely love that about you. Thank so. you. Let's uh, let's dive into our giving round here. So just some rapid fire questions around giving. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, brag on one charity that you like that is not INH. So my friend has a charity called Kobe, and it's actually so cool because they take kids who maybe can't be in sports and they they come and they get to do sports with them like basketball. But then these are kids who would normally be easily triggered. And so what they teach these kids to do is if they go and like, let's say they'd be the kid that would act out when someone else did something on the court, they help them go and sit and learn how to meditate right there and calm themselves, even with like a room full of people. And it is so cool because it's teaching these kids how to be able to understand and channel their emotions. And so it's actually a really cool program. And then also getting them out and, you know, playing team sports. It's an amazing program. How do you spell that? C-O-B-Y? After Kobe. Yeah. It's based out of Irvine. Perfect. Uh, what, what gets you more excited? Donating a $1 million check or spending a week physically helping others? Currently donating a $1 million check because I feel like you can help others every day. And so I know the impact that a $1 million check can make for an organization. Absolutely. And I think we both know right now what a million dollars would do for INH. It would literally change that organization. So I think there's got to be a bit of a hunger there for sure. Definitely is. Uh, Who inspires you with their giving? There's three people that immediately come to mind. Obviously, Mr. Beast is just awesome. Mm, And he's been really cool. Cool stuff lately. Yeah, really cool. And then I also love Dan Fleischman. Uh, He does the Model Citizen Fund, but I've also personally watched him 
donate to so many other charities. So I love that. And then Chris Crone from the Chris Crone Breakthrough Foundation, they're the real deal. Like boots on the ground in Ukraine, fully supporting people. I mean, it's partners with us now. It's been incredible to see what they do. So those three come to the top of mind. Great. Shout out to Chris, Dan, and Mr. Beast. Get on our show, please. <laughs> uh, do you think that entrepreneurs should start giving uh, immediately as soon as they start their business or once they have a little bit of money in their bank account and can kind of scale from there? Money only amplifies who you already are. So I would say build it in from the beginning. And I think the confusion comes because people assume that if they're going to give back, it has to be in some extravagant, grand way. And it doesn't. ClickFunnels is a great example. Every time someone launches a new funnel, they donate a dollar to Village Impact. Last year, they donated over $100,000 to Village Impact simply from donating $1 for every funnel launched. So add it in in a small way and become a business connected to purpose and make an impact. Mm, I love that. It's so cool to hear those stories of just a single dollar. I mean, we do $10 a door. It's not extravagant, but as the doors accumulate and more people jump on the mission, it adds up fast. Um, what do you think of, or what's the first thing you think of when you hear of go big to get big? For me, it's going all in on whatever purpose, passion, business, you know, has the power to allow you to go big and change the world. Amen. In one word, describe the feeling you get when you give. Fulfilled. Mm, so fulfilled. It's got to be, uh, must have been pretty fulfilled getting that first check for INH today, I'm sure. Yeah. Amazing. Well, the final question that we have for you today, Victoria, is uh, do you believe that money can buy you happiness? I believe that money can help relieve a lot of problems. And in turn, you can use that to go and have experiences with your family that can make you happy. So I don't think money itself can buy you the happiness, but I think how you utilize it and use it can definitely help you live a pretty happy life. Amen to that. I just made a post the other day. I was like, it's so hard to be angry and upset when you're giving a homeless person a blanket and that yeah. was bought with money. So exactly. I couldn't agree with more of you. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. It's been a ton of fun having you come in, open up, share a lot about uh, what you've been doing in the world. And I just want to give you uh, a few minutes to just share about yourself. How can people get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing with INH or just following along on your journey? What's the best way for people to follow you? On my Instagram at Victoria Chanel, just like it sounds. It's how it's spelled. And yeah, that would be and bandofhope.co on Instagram as well. Come follow the journey of our relaunch. <laughs> I'm so I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to follow along and uh, I'll definitely be making sure that I get a few bands uh, as well from some of these launches with some of these companies you're working with. So I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And just thank you again for coming in and inspiring us to go bigger with our dreams and goals so we can give bigger with our profits. Thank you for free flowing with me today, guys. It's been great to talk with you and I can't wait to see how you 
Go big to give big. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of go big to give big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can. And it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.